so true. Like, do, does this current Nugget squad uh, make the leap and go to the Western Conference Finals, or do they lose Game Four on their home floor by right. sixty points? Do, do you need <laughs> to trade for Drew and, and Bradley in the summer? And I, I feel like we would have found that out or gotten closer to the answer two rounds yeah. in. Yeah, totally. Yeah, totally. Um, all right, what about this game? What stood out uh, early on or, or, or throughout? I, I'll go first. This was the first game Carmelo Anthony showed up, and he looked like a superstar. And maybe, and part of me thinks it's interesting watching the archetypes because I think Murray is sort of so maybe. I mean, MPJ is clearly the mellow of this team, but Murray in this one way, Chauncey does everything. He just runs every possession. He does like orchestrates it. And when he was bad, as he was in, in game three, three of ten or whatever, or just you know not great, the Nuggets lose. When he's good, the Nuggets win. But when the second piece, and in this case it was Carmelo, the score, that's the pure score, you blow him out. And I feel like that's how it is with Jokic and Murray often. Like Jokic mm. is almost always good. When he's mm. bad, the Nuggets lose. But when he's good, you know, you know, you can't always tell what's going to happen. But when he and Murray are good, they blow teams out. They look like they look like all star. That's what happened in this game. I thought. Yeah, I. Totally. It's, 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 I mean, it's yeah, totally I, true. Mellow, Mellow was, ahead, uh, was great. I think he was eight of 13 from the field for 20 points, like early in the third quarter, you know, and then the game really got away from everybody. So, uh, you know, he was like really hot to start things off. And then I thought, you know, I thought Billups's game was kind of Jokic ish in the sense that he recognized Mellow had the hot hand going early, kind of just let Mellow get to his spots, fed him let him get a lot of easy looks and get going and then just kind of really towed the line of staying aggressive while still being super unselfish and getting everybody else involved. So that's why I was off from Phillips's game. But I, I thought the story of this one was Denver's defense was unbelievable. I mean, Dante Jones and Kenyon Martin yeah. were, were like out of this world on defense and Dante Jones absolutely took Chris Paul out of this game. Chris Paul was two of seven from the field for four points in 36 minutes of action. Like Dante Jones had Chris Paul in this game. And that was like kind of from the jump. I mean, that was really the tone setter as much as anything anyone did offensively, you know, and the, the third layer to what Adam was saying, like your recipe for a blowout, especially in this series. Well, Mello's going and Chauncey's going and Chris Paul has absolutely yeah. nothing, you know, terrible. Yeah, I, I liked it at a certain point at the end when we were talking about how the broadcast started getting a little looser and a little looser. <laughs> and Chris Paul was bringing the ball up. They're like, a depressed Chris Paul brings the ball up. And it was so Chris, true. He Chris was so Paul depressed. I feel like his height killed him. And maybe mm. that's just a testament to how much better he's gotten over the years and how he's kind of learned to be really effective while being only six foot. But he was just obviously so much smaller than Billups and Dante Jones, and he just could not do anything once he got into the paint. But I mean, I mean, fast forward to 2019, 2020, he's learned how to play while being sub six foot, but it was just so noticeable. I thought in this game, how small he was. Yeah. I, I think a lot of, I think he's filled out a lot more, you know, it's like, it's like Chauncey Billups is also just like a hulking guard, you know, like going up against like a, a smaller point guard. He, he just looks like um, a bully, you know, he yeah, just looks he like. Does. In addition to, you know, just being the far superior team in terms of talent, the Nuggets really matched up well with this Hornets team. Who's like second option offensively was David West. The Nuggets yeah. have an exceptional positional defender in Kmart. So, yeah. like, between the Billups size advantage and that, I mean, in hindsight, like, of course they dominated this. They should have swept this series, really. They really should have swept it because that game three was, like, as bad as they could yeah. play. And they still almost won. Like, Inches. Won. Yeah. So, Adam and Harrison, do you guys remember where you were? Did you watch this game live? Like, did you? I don't remember what I had for breakfast, man. But I, I do remember the general like, time frame of all of this. I just don't. Re- I can't say I remember this exactly. I have I have a, a memory of this one because I did. I uh, for whatever reason I wasn't like super duper keyed into the Nuggets at this point in time. Like I was monitoring them, but it wasn't like appointment television for me. Yeah. Um, but I remember just being out at a restaurant and looking up at the. <laughs> the tv and just doing like a like a quadruple take like whoa what? whoa, whoa what <laughs> <laughs> my roommate dj peered over my shoulder tonight and like he knew the final score of this game and it still took him aback <laughs> yeah, I, uh, yeah i was yeah. watching crazy. this game with one of my good buddies from high school still a good friend today and the second it ended we bought tickets for game five yeah oh, nice. awesome. 
<laughs> that's, that's awesome. And Nuggets, and I know this is so crazy in hindsight because we even watched games one and two. Denver was so much better. They, you know, even in game three, whatever. But I'm telling you, the 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 damage of always losing, it's in your head. So I think going into this game, it was still one of those things where it's like we should win this one. But man, if they tie it up, it's going to be nervous. Game five is going to get nervous. Totally. Of course, you win by fifty, and it's like okay, right? Yeah, and, I love that. Never got those. Never got those. That, this was a nice. You know, the Warriors got these types of games for three, four straight years. Denver finally got one where it's like, yeah, we curb stomped the team. That's actually that's actually one of the things I've, I've taken from this is the Nuggets have this iteration of the Nuggets has like a little bit of that Warriors, like oh, yeah. just yeah. like lay, lay in the cut, just sort of wait and then just absolutely assert yourself when the time comes. I mean, obviously they're not quite like the Warriors that way, but um, it's just <laughs> it's just so interesting to see. <laughs> You know, well, like last year's team didn't have that, you know, you know, they get yeah. that win over the Spurs, but it was struggle city the whole way through. And like, I think we all thought they'd win the series, but you know, the, there, that is kind of, there might be something to that, you know, when the sort of national criticisms of Denver as a team that they're just not buying. I mean, you like this 09 team came out in this game tonight and just laid down the hammer and you could see last year's Nuggets team or this current Nuggets team, maybe leaving the door open for a game or two. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, this Warren's team is so bad, but to your point, this year's Spurs there, last year's Spurs team wasn't exactly that good, yeah. that good yeah. either. I this do is, feel I, like Denver, after game three of that series, kind of beat the heck out of the Spurs. Like, I I know that came down to game seven and there was the comeback or whatever, but a majority of games four, five, six, and seven were Denver kind of dominating, with the yeah. exception of sure, sure. a five-minute window when right. Jokic took and, the last and, team. And that's, the other and thing is that Spurs team – was yeah. not a good team either, you know, like the Spurs team the Nuggets played last year in the playoffs. That's what that, yeah. that's the point, Harrison. What's <laughs> happened? Did you cut out there? <laughs> oh, I might have. Shit. Well, you know what the funny thing is. <laughs> I mean, this all comes down to what your you said early on, Adam, which is that um, the Nuggets bringing in just the calming, confident presence of Chauncey Billups, like yeah. really changed their, the complexion of everything going in. Like there wasn't ever a feeling when they were just felt like, un, like not even overmatched, but just unsure yeah. of where they were going to go. And I mean, that it, it just makes, makes me think like, is there, is there a guy in the league that this Nuggets squad could pick up that would bring them Chris that Paul. level of confidence? Chris Paul. I have a guy, I have a name. Look, I have, yeah. I have a couple names. Chris Paul's one of them. Let's see <coughs> on the other side of the break because I actually have a nice Chauncey Billups comp who also so happens to be a player that might be available very, very soon. The There's a team. How's that a team? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is it Harrison. Chauncey Billups? <laughs> yeah, Chauncey Billups. Bring him back down. Yeah, yeah guys. Take so us away, Harrison. We know how um, we're really thankful that you guys have supported Breck Brew as they've been partners with us here on this podcast and on uh, the DNVR network for you know, this season, but really asking you to support them right now in the times that we're in, Adam, the times that we're in. Right the now, guys, Breck is actually offering $5 off your food and beverage purchase when you use the code DNVR at the farmhouse. Call up the farmhouse today at 303-803-1380. Loads of good options on that menu. And actually go there and pick up food uh, from the Breck Brew Farmhouse. So support them in these times. You can also get Breck Brew delivered through the Drizzly app, which is the grub hub for beer and liquor if you're not familiar. And uh, like I said, they're also offering go-to orders and for food and beer at the Breck Brew Farmhouse. So make sure to support those guys in these times. But- Bar food is the number one food, in my opinion. Followed second, number one food. Num- number food followed second by Mexican. Wow, Mexican food, and so then just followed, food groups. Just yeah, in general. Food, bar food is number one. Mexican. I'm, I'm learning. I've, I all other knowing, number three. In knowing Adam for a few years now, I've, I've learned that um, if you want to win Adam's heart, you just have to have a cheese-based uh, nachos. <laughs> Yeah. If, if, the, if, the, if the cuisine is cheese based, it's going to rank high at Adam's. Very high. Very that is high. bar food. That is Mexican food. I'm going to yeah. diet like pizza. <laughs> breakfast food. Breakfast food is the top food. Really? The top oh. food? Breakfast. I do breakfast for breakfast and lunch and then sometimes dinner, depending on the day. Is it, are you just an egg person? You just need a huge an egg, egg in your life? Egg, <laughs> cheese, coffee, oatmeal. Mm. <laughs> I, like a, I like a pizza. 
you know, I'll go for a pizza. I don't know if I'll, bar food is quite high though, but I, I, I would never just like choose it. But in these times, what do you away, mean you never do. choose it? I would like, well, oh, just like if if I'm at a bar, I'm going I'm going ham on some bar food for sure. Okay. But if we're saying like we're going out to dinner, I, I wouldn't choose to go to a bar okay. unless we're in these times. In which case, I would, these go, times, to the, yeah. I would go to the farmhouse, which they do have great great these food. time these times we're in. in also these in these times in. that we're in, you yeah, got another check one, out Strava coffee, the CBD <laughs> infused coffee. You, you can actually purchase Strava Craft coffee cups. Oh, just add some now. Yeah. You well, can uh, purchase it whole bean or even ground. <laughs> and you can get 20% off your order online if you use code DNVR20. They'll ship it right to you. So, uh, yeah, check out Strava Craft coffee. I, I wish I had some right now as we're firing up this podcast for sure. And also, if you're in the Denver area and you make you order the Strava Craft, yeah, that comes so quickly. It will be there like the day, the next day, or the day after. Love it. Okay, so let's talk about this team. There is a comp for Chauncey Billups that I actually really sort of buy. It's not Chris Paul, though. I think Chris Paul would be the type of player. I do wonder sometimes, and I'm going to talk to George Carl tomorrow, guys. Don't forget George Carl coming on this podcast. Going to have oh. a. A sit-down conversation with me. I'm really looking forward to. I'm going to talk to him about this 2019, but also about this current 2020 team because I want to hear his thoughts on all these guys. We've heard some his commentary on Jamal Murray. I'm very curious to ask him (laughs) what he thinks. You know, Jokic, a bunch of this other stuff. But I think I really do wonder what Jokic would look like with a more traditional point guard. And the guy I think Chauncey Billups reminds me most of is Kyle Lowry. And this is an interesting week because Kyle Lowry is not like a player that you would look around the landscape and be like, Oh, you know what? That's the difference for Denver, you know, getting over the hump. He's, you know, he's 34 years old. So he's already, you know, long in the tooth, but you know what? He's got some size, you know, he's only six feet, but he's like big stocky, stocky guy. He can shoot that three. He knows how to run an offense. Like he just, he's always in control. I wonder if Kyle Lowry is a guy that like Denver could get for a year or something maybe maybe slot alongside Jamal or something like that. The problem is the Raptors are too good. <laughs> they probably don't want to shake anything up right now, but I like where your head's at. Yeah, interesting. I, I don't know that I would have ever – because I don't ever think of Kyle Lowry as being a difference maker in any way. But <laughs> you know what I mean? Like so much. I dare he you. Is, he, he's, he's incredible. He's like, he, I, think he's, I think he's a lot like Chauncey where he was on that rap. The thing about the, when the Pistons won and Chauncey won finals MVP and they're like, well, they didn't have a star. I think Kyle Lowry's like that. He's just always going to be like 20% underrated. Yeah, I guess I just, yeah. I just when I think of Kyle Lowry, I just think of the Hornets just always being able to get close, but not close enough, until you bring in Kawhi, who's the actual difference maker. Of, the Raptors, um, of, right? of course, but Jokic is that guy. I mean, again, Chauncey was the number two. This was Carmelo's team. You bring in that second guy, um, you know, who kind of opens up everything for the entire roster. And I think the same thing, you know, sure, Kawhi was the difference maker. They needed that guy, but. Kyle Lowry was really good. They, he was the second best player or third best player if you want to put Siakam ahead of him, but he was a key piece to a champion. Also, like in that clinching One game, year in the finals came out in the first quarter oh, like I mean, a yeah, stone Kyle, cold killer. Yeah, Kyle so Lowry is an incredible player. Yeah. I mean, the guy's like a five or six time All Star. The guy's an incredible player. Well, I, I, I'm not saying like I, I'm not saying he sucks. I'm just saying like. I, can I imagine Kyle Lowry is the guy that tips the scales for the Denver Nuggets in the same way that Chauncey Billups, because Chauncey Billups came in not just as a, like a pretty good guy, but he, he was Mr. Big Shot. He was like, like a top had, 15-ish guy maybe still at the time. Well, I, no, I mean, he was like, uh, didn't he win MVP of the, yeah, of the finals and, and for the, the Pistons? I mean, he was like, he was the five centerpiece. Years pr- five for, years prior though. I mean, yeah, and again, yeah. that's right, but I'm saying like, at this point too, is he was a little bit older. That's why the Kyle Lowry comp kind of works. Like they're in similar spots in their career. Kyle's already won his his title, um, so I, I see. That's just saying. a tough one, though. Yeah. From uh, you, you hate you hate this. from just like both teams' perspectives. Like, what's the trade? Yeah. I don't. I think Lowry might be done with his. Um, let me see if I can pull this. Yeah, but if you're Denver, you probably have to. I mean, yeah, we had to move Allen Iverson to get Chauncey Billups, right? So this yeah, would mean, I mean, it would be Jamal Murray to get Kyle Lowry. Yeah, he's got one more year on his deal, thirty million. Would you feel more comfortable with just replacing Jamal Murray with Kyle Lowry? Can you imagine sending Jamal Murray home to Toronto? 
It wouldn't, mean, he would love it. That'd be a cool story. Yeah, but that's not the story I want to tell. What if it was like a, it somehow involved Lowry and like OG Ananobi or something, you know, where you get another guy that you feel kind of good about anything in your rotation. Anything to finally get OG. What if, guys, what if they could finally get OG and Terrence Davis? <laughs> you know what, what could have been on. team <laughs> yeah, let's, let's, let's move on very quickly no i don't know i, I mean, again lowry so I, I just looked it up chauncey was 32 and age 32 season lowry 35 so the age is a little bit different um but nonetheless i just wonder if that type of player look man uh, i wonder if that type of player that can just like run and set the table again i always keep coming back to the fact that Jokic just never had a real point guard jameer <laughs> nelson jameer nelson and that was the year yeah. that they were incredible offensively and Jokic <laughs> shot 62 percent from the field i i i, I think adam <laughs> I think it's a great comparison and i i don't think this is a trade denver would make i'm not even sure if it's a trade they should they sh- even no, should i don't think so either or should think about but if you just swap jamal murray and kyle lowry for this season and you no, know, maybe next season. I think the Nuggets are a better team, but that doesn't mean they should think about doing that deal. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? I just, I just wanted to throw that one piece out there. Um, I think that Dante Jones and Tory Craig are just like identical. I mean, hilarious guy. Dante Jones is the 2009 version, which is to say he doesn't take as many threes, but he probably makes the same. You know, like they're, but they're the same guy. They really are. And, Totally. It, it is funny. Like there, there's just like role players that fill. I mean, I guess that lower thirds where you just list everybody's role on the team yeah. <laughs> is accurate. Like there are just actual roles on teams. That it, guys it's fill. funny though. Like if Jones was, was airdropped into this roster in, in place of Craig, he would literally have the exact same, like we would be talking oh, yeah. about Jones playing over MPJ. Oh my goodness. Also was he really tried to get under other people's skin. Like in this game, he tried to rattle Chris Paul, rattle whoever he was guarding. And then, and obviously like in the Western Conference Finals, he took some cheap shots at Kobe Bryant. So like he he was a little bit of like a yeah. type figure, you know? Totally. He was definitely way more of yeah. a goon than Torrey Craig. Like Torrey Craig's a pretty mm. nice guy. And I think he even That's kind a- of plays like it. He plays really tough and hard, but he doesn't really like throw elbows and like get in people's faces. But Dante, totally. Jones- I th- this. This just keeps coming up, the, the, the difference between these two teams. Like, every player on the Nuggets is that. Like, every player on the Nuggets is a jerk. It, like, wants to get under your skin, except for except for maybe Nene, who's just... Yeah, Dante has that, like, but no, but then, of, like, get in your face and clap and... Yeah, and oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But just the, the little <laughs> douchey things. The, yeah, the, like, throw, you, kick you the ball know, like, a little bit further. You know that, like, in, in practice, like, J.R. Smith would do that to you. He'd, like, shoot a three in your eye and clap in your face. Uh, and, like, the whole, like, like everybody entire would shoelace. Yeah. yeah. These practices <laughs> yeah. must have been all-timers, man. They must have been all-timers. Here's another comp for you guys. And, and it comes back to what we were saying about the Nuggets and Carmelo when he is on, how this team went to a whole other level. I think MPJ and Melo are super similar. Super, super mm. similar. Just in that, like, so many of Melo's buckets – are just like, okay, Melo, go score. Like, you run some offense, run some – okay, it's Melo's turn. Just give it to him to see what happens. And I wonder if MPJ – I think MPJ can be a better cutter, better, you know, offensive – he's doing some of this, this other stuff, spot-up three-point shoot or whatever. But I do wonder if, the fi- like, the future versions of the Nuggets play Jokic ball 75% of the time and MPJ see, ball see, the other the 25% The thing I noticed about Melo in this game was he was great for, you know, the first half and the first few minutes of the third quarter – but I still thought, and this goes back to something we were talking about on the last show, he just does not impact the game when he's not scoring. He really doesn't. And that was yeah. even the case in game four when he was great for the most part on the offensive end. And, and I think MPJ has a chance to impact the game yeah. even when he's not scoring on the offensive glass and just as a better link in the chain for Denver's offense. So I feel like that might be a little bit of a difference between those two another difference might be like i forgot how much power mellow played with oh, how yeah. much strength oh yeah and the upper body strength floor i mean all all around strength for mpjs it leaves a lot to be desired still yeah, so totally. I, I wonder if athlete, he could make up for it with athleticism because because he is really athletic well when like when yeah. healthy he's like really athletic but and i longer you know and longer but i do think that you're probably right about carmelo i mean that was an underrated actor he had a little bit of zion in him i mean zion's like a super version of him but he had a little bit of that in him and that 
some guys could play perfect defense and he'd still blow right through them, not around them. He's like, yep. yeah, like you can't, you can't, you can't hang with me. Um, I'm with you though, Harrison. And, and it's funny how we analyze basketball differently and maybe we've sucked the life out of it. I don't know. For some people, I think maybe these types of conversations have. Um, but the truth, I, I'm with you. He goes nine of 17 tonight. And he was great. This is by far his best game. I think he was our yeah. game, but wasn't he our game ball? Should have been our game yeah, ball. Yeah, he he was, was, yeah. Game ball. yeah, yeah. But you're right. When he wasn't scoring, he was sort of just like there. Um, grab some rebounds here or there, but it wasn't like he's like a great screener or a great cutter or great anything. He's just like, is it my turn yet? No? Okay. Mm. Well, I'll just watch <laughs> kind of run the door. Like, is it my turn? No, not yet. Okay, now it is boom. Hits you with the shot. Yeah. So. And, and even like for all, like this was his best performance of the series and the big blowout. And I know that he didn't play in the fourth, but like he only scored 26 points. You know, it's not like he completely, <laughs> truly dominated. I know yeah. he swung the game when it mattered and all that. He definitely should get the game ball, but I still am yet to see a guy that, you know, like I don't look at Melo as carrying this team right now at all. Right. What's interesting yeah, yeah, yeah. about Melo this yeah. year is that he averaged 26 and a half points, then 29 points, then 26. And then this year he averaged 23. Then following this year, 28, 25, 25, mm. 26. Like this was by far the year he scored the least out mm. of his like prime years. And, I do think there was a little bit for him. This is what buying in was. And this is, again, of course, I'm a Jokic guy. But this is, to me, what differentiates them a little bit is, like, we applaud Metlo for sort of taking a step back when this team had all this talent and allowing other guys to go. But Jokic doesn't always step back. He just does something else. And I feel like that's the difference. And, oh, I'm not the scorer today, 12 assists, 12 rear right. down, 20 rear, whatever it is. Like, just does something else. Yeah, I mean, they're, I mean, they're really – like have no similarities as players other than they were just the best players on each of their respective teams. But that's honestly just, where <laughs> no, the, the, that's just like where it stops. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, Kenyon Martin also hit some jumpers. Harrison, empty the notebook. I want to hear all you said. He had a ton of those. Are there more? Uh, Birdman third hairstyle in as many games. <laughs> you great forgot note. about that. Yeah, that's a great <laughs> note. Bird, Birdman, he did have the mohawk that he was known for, but he he also would mix it up from you know he would do different different types of mohawks yeah. with it. My favorite thing also, about the Birdman uh, mohawk is it's, just, it's like the typical mohawk. The traditional mohawk is cut, like you shave the sides of your head, yeah. so you're only left with the middle. But he did like the kid. Uh, in, in a bathtub at three years old <laughs> mohawk where he would just take his regular hair and push it up with, with shampoo yeah yeah <laughs> <You're> right <laughs> would you guess that birdman spent more time and i'm being serious about this question actually more time doing his hair and thinking about and doing his hair for each playoff game or studying the scouting report oh that's a hair i mean you know the answer before you even ask that question that's obviously <laughs> hair all day he was definitely doing his hair while George Carr was giving his like final <laughs> pregame address. I'm pretty sure Birdman rejects scouting reports on principle. Oh, because <laughs> he rejects it all. All right, oh, uh, guys, Birdman with another mid-range jumper uh, tonight, just proving that my theory that he could have developed a uh, <laughs> rely- somewhat reliable <laughs> jumper. That is true. I, I do check me. I am checked me. <laughs> uh, and also, I got a bunch of the uh, great calls from these. Uh, oh my gosh! Written down oh, here. I don't know if we want it. to run through. Yeah, I do. I, do. I really do. Um, so in the first half, Denver had a 22 point lead, and I don't know who was doing the play by play on this game. Steve Smith was doing the color. I'm not sure who was on the play by play, but he called it quote a 22 point bulge. Oh <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Love that one. A 22-point bulge. And then uh, right before halftime, quote, uh, burning conundrum of anger inside Byron Scott's body right now. Burning conundrum A conundrum of anger. That's not what conundrum means. No, he definitely meant to say cauldron. Cauldron? (laughs) Uh, Let's see what else I got here. The announcers were looking for so much content at the end of this game that they were really killing George Carl for keeping in Landis Claza and J.R. Smith at the end. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they were absolutely who crushing in, George Carl. There was nobody else. That was a thing. <laughs> <laughs> they were, they were reaching for content. This might have been yeah. like – what that is one of the worst things that, as an announcer. Like a rain delay baseball game, I always feel bad for them because baseball's already five hours long. But then when you have to like – well, we got to talk for the next 30 minutes here. Is we, are they yeah, bringing, up the, in yep, baseball, they're bringing up the tarps? 
in baseball, you can just like tell a story from 30 years ago and everyone has to sit through it and pretend they like it. You know, that's basketball, the other- basketball, you're just like, well, I guess we have to root for the blowout. Will we <laughs> yeah. see history? I mean, that's the other thing you're forgetting here, Adam, is that even uh, a lot of times when games are being played in baseball, you still have to fill 30 minutes where nothing is happening. So it's <laughs> that's like, so true. They're like ready for that. They've had those reps. Do you know who I really like and who I think is really good at this is Grant Napier and Doug Christie. They do the Sacramento Kings broadcast. And I actually, I've just watched enough Kings games um, because they're the West Coast and you don't want to watch the Lakers. They just are always, um, they do that. Like sometimes it'll be 20 points. Kings are down big and they're just sit there and like, you know, I really miss Scott. <laughs> I mean, that guy, let me tell you a thing about Scott. And they'll just start tying. Like, they won't even call any plays. They'll just be like, and he comes into the cafeteria and he looks at me and he says, and you're just like, and the guy, funny yeah, thing, yeah. Grand Napier tell stories for a few minutes. The, the funny thing, though, about this game is that they didn't like, fall back onto telling stories and being nothing about it they were just uh, they, they were, were just, just like pissed. losing their mind yeah they were just like like mocking the players he, like he literally <laughs> said everybody on the court he literally said we were here to call the worst playoff game ever <laughs> <laughs> he was pumped yeah also in uh in the fourth quarter i was talking about morris peterson early uh the play the play-by-play guy said to steve smith quote I want to trigger you with a conversation about Morris Peterson. (laughs) (laughs) Well triggered. And here's the other like crazy thing that I brought up before we started recording, but just the fact that time is a flat circle and these guys are in the fourth quarter in the year 2009, just like talking about nothing. Like nobody's watching this game. All of the (laughs) home court, or the whole crowd has left and they're just like well we're just talking in an empty box and we're all <laughs> listening 11 years later like very intently taking yeah. notes on what they're saying like as though somebody 11 years from now is like listening to this podcast being and like, he's like this will never be archived yeah exactly <laughs> i'm always amazed though if you go back and look you can look at old podcasts and stuff and i always see there's like three listens to a you know podcast from way back in the day i'm just thinking what's who's doing this what's going on <laughs> <laughs> Last stat here for you guys that you're gonna look. I guess we could play. Um, we could play a guessing game. What would you guess Chris Paul's offensive rating was in this game? He played 36 minutes. Ooh. I truly have no idea. <laughs> this is how many points. So if you don't know, this is how many points your team scored per 100 possessions when you were on the court. Right, Average but- would be around 100. And they scored. They scored how many points total? Yeah, the, the aggregate of the whole team is like sixty-four or whatever. So. <laughs> I'll say I'll say a sixty-five offensive rating. I mean, it's got to be lower. It's got to be like fifteen or something. Fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll go with like nine points. <laughs> I'll go with sixty. Forty-five. Wow. Good Lord. wow. He had a forty-five <laughs> offensive rating in this thirty-six is a- minutes. Top five point guard like ever. I just want to point out also that if we were on the prices right, I just won by guessing a dollar. <laughs> you guys all went over. You did do a good uh, my, my final thing, we got 11 minutes of Ronaldo Balkman in this game. I'm very surprised he had his jersey on under his warm-up when he checked. <laughs> Ronaldo Balkman, like a forgotten like kind of goober from this team. Like, he was he was kind of known as kind Caught of – He was the 10th man shot. on this team. He like Anthony Carter was the eighth guy. Linus Claysa was the ninth guy. Ronaldo Balkan was the tenth man on this team. <laughs> Next man, play by play guy was just picking on him because he had nothing better to do. Yeah. Just, <laughs> there's like eight minutes left in an unwinnable game. Ronaldo Balkan like is in the key for three seconds and he lost his mind. Yeah. Ronaldo, what are you doing? <laughs> right. Ronaldo Ronaldo Bachman with a two thousand two hundred and eight offensive rating in his eleven. Boom. Without looking it up, so off of the bench, Chris Anderson, J.R. Smith, Linus Kleiser, Anthony Carter, Ronaldo Bachman, Johan Petro, and who else? One other player got into this game. Jason Hart. You got it. Uh, he did it. Yes. How did he know? How did he remember? He hit a three. He had a pretty good three, Jason Hart. So Jace, Jason Hart was the one guy on this roster that I had just had zero recollection of, like Neither. what he looked like, how he played. <laughs> uh, but apparently he was like a nice third point guard for uh, for the Nuggets this season. Oh, was he a nice third point guard? <laughs> <laughs> 
You know what's funny though? Because I don't remember him at all. But you know, I hope ten years from now, I don't like Do- Dozier. Oh, love that guy. Incredible. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Dozier was so good. Yeah, he's a nice third four point games where he shot well. That was glorious. Well, I did one of those sporkles for the Nuggets thing where it had to guess last year's roster, and I missed four people. <laughs> last year's Nuggets <laughs> roster. Is one of the uh, no one remembers Tyler Lydon. Well, yeah, Tavana but- Purcell and uh, Brandon Goodwin. I definitely forgot. Oh, I, I, forgot I mean, I, can, I remember them, but... Uh, you uh, made those names up. I'm, I'm convinced <laughs> of it. What do you think Devon Akun Purcell is up to? I'm about to Google that. He's with uh, the Thunder G League team. No. Hmm. Yeah. I bet he's uh, holed up in his apartment or house for 10 days like the rest of us. In OKC? What a nightmare. <laughs> What's Let's the difference? When we come back, we're going to invite Ryan Konigsberg. From DMDR Broncos onto the show, and we are going to talk about the biggest blowouts in Denver sports history. This is up there. This is right up there. So, Harrison, give us one last break. Yeah, guys, at Mile High Green Cross, our uh, favorite marijuana dispensary in Denver, if you sign up for their loyalty program right now, you will actually receive 20% off of your entire purchase. 20%, that's like a substantial amount off of your purchase once per month. All you got to do is sign up for their loyalty program. These guys are located right downtown, 9th and Broadway. You don't have to worry about metered parking. They got parking in the back. And they also offer Hyper, so you don't even need cash to What's Hyper? at Mile High Green Cross. Uh, it's a cashless payment app. No, oh, nice. You don't even need it to uh, pr- make purchases at Mile High Green Cross. Sign up for their loyalty program and receive 20% off your entire purchase once per month. Guys, welcome in. RK, Ryan Konigsberg. Hey. Eric, that was like a trombone with a dead squirrel in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, that's what I was – what did you think I was doing? Are you okay, Eric? No, not at all. We just watched uh, the, the single worst um, quality game I've ever seen, both on the court and on YouTube. Oh, I watched it too. No, I know. Well, I'm just saying, like, why am I not okay? Because of, I, my oh, eyes okay. were pixelated into uh, into oblivion. Can we talk <laughs> yeah, about that... RK's head, headset really quickly here. This is thing that is a gamer headset. Yeah, this thing is official. It's like Plain the Princess Leia edition. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I got it so I could participate in the uh, uh, DNVR Madden League and uh, hang out with the subscribers and then i used it for our podcast and the, the audio comes in pretty good so i'm sticking with it new look this, it, so you're actually like an offensive coordinator do you like take it off and throw it down when you're... <laughs> <laughs> during the madden yeah. i'm paging up to the booth yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're like fidgeting with it because those things always break down like once per game like god damn it somebody fix this especially if you're playing the patriots so rk i happen to know that you um were cosplaying as uh birdman during 2009 (laughs) is this right get that picture out of my head man i don't think i don't think it was called that back then oh definitely not (laughs) (laughs) i actually don't know how you say it cosplay or cosplay i I, I always say cosplay i mean i don't even know if i've actually said the word before so i'm not entirely (laughs) yeah yeah, it's like a costume play. You are cosplaying. Okay. My hair was like way too long to actually be doing that. So I would put like five different products in it to, get it to actually stand up straight because it was too so you, heavy. You to and like Birdman. Play. You and Birdman. Same same boat. How, we were talking about this. How long do you think Birdman spent on his hair pregame? Oh, How long God. did you spend on your hair? That's the first question. You are, you're the only one with any real knowledge on this. I'm not kidding when I say it took at least 45 minutes. <laughs> wow. 45 minutes. That's awesome. Um, okay, so what we're going to do now in this final segment is we're going to talk about the biggest blowouts in Denver sports history. Good blowouts, not bad blowouts. We don't want to relive the bad times. We want to relive the, the absolute ass kickings. And this one is right up there. I mean, looking at the score, 121 to 63, they almost doubled them up, which would have been pretty, pretty incredible. I kind of wish they would have. Um, but uh, what else comes to mind, RK, when you think biggest blowouts in, in Denver history? Well, uh, there's an obvious one that first comes to mind for me, and it's actually on the DNVR Watches schedule for this Saturday. Ooh, what uh, a tease. Not exactly Denver, but 62-36 CU versus Nebraska. 
uh, th- that's my personal favorite blowout of all Set time. Set the stage of that game. Nebraska's uh, one of the top-ranked teams in the country, the top-ranked teams in the country, depending on who you ask. Uh, the Buffs are a little bit behind there. Uh, Nebraska's heavy favorites. They're, you know, favored to win the Big 12, go to the national championship. And the Buffs just come in and just absolutely blow the doors off them, run the ball at will. Uh, Nebraska's high-powered kind of option offense can't do anything. They've got the Heisman winner, can't do anything at all on offense. And uh, the Buffs just absolutely run wild all over them all day. That's crazy. Chris Brown had, what, six touchdowns that game? Yep, six touchdowns for Chris Brown. He was my favorite (laughs) player as a kid. I was losing my absolute mind in the stands. Chris, touchdown Brown. We just need to do the uh, the opposite shirt of the one we did of the crying Nebraska kid with the giddy young Ryan Koningsberg shirt. There, this is a. I don't know if I've ever told anyone this. That kid that's crying in that shirt looks exactly like me when I was a kid. <laughs> and for like a hot for like a hot second when I first saw that, I was like, "Wait, what? Is that me? Like, am I crying <laughs> tears of joy and this got misconstrued?" <laughs> That'd be awesome. Um, I'm looking at the <laughs> roster for that team. Bobby Purify was was on it. He was oh, yeah. a stud high school basketball player. Yeah. Uh, oh, God. What was Thomas? No, not Thomas Jefferson. Um, same place. He, he went to the same place as Reggie Jackson. The, wasn't that uh, down in the Springs? Yeah. Louis yes. Palmer? Palmer. Yes, Lewis Palmer. Palmer. Yep, Palmer or Lewis Palmer. I can't remember which one. Yep. Um, yeah, but I remember I played against him a few times because that's about about the same age. I think he's a little bit ahead, and I remember him being an absolute just athletic freak. So, um, all right, what else is on the uh, uh, on the list on on everybody's list? Uh, Fairview High School over Horizon by fifty <laughs> points in two thousand nine. <laughs> I'll allow it. Is this the Harrison win special. <laughs> uh, I actually played in that game. I think. <laughs> Good memories for us all, obviously. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Like, I, I don't. That this is the this is the way that I guess maybe just my brain works or just the human brain works. Like, I don't have like a lot of memories of like really pleasurable blowouts. Like the blowouts I remember are like blowouts. Super Bowl yes. 48, where we got the, blow, the doors blown off us. Like, we're not going. <laughs> Cut the mic. Cut the mic. <laughs> I'm just trying to think. Like I, a game okay. like this, it's like really fun to remember. But well, in the moment, wanna, it's like. You want to hear a crazy one? So I, yeah. I looked up the biggest playoff wins in in really the biggest wins, but then the biggest playoff wins um, in Denver sports history. Last year's was like the third biggest game five. The Wancho dancing in the corner game. Game mm. five against Portland, mm. which is like the beginning of the end for the Nuggets. 124-98, 26-point win. I remember that being a big one, and obviously it was fun because Wancho was in the game dancing, but oh, I didn't realize that was like the third biggest playoff win in Nuggets history. It's kind of wild. Um, there's this great one in 19. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say the Nuggets also beat the Spurs 108 to 90 in uh, game five. Yeah. Last year. It's an 18 point win. I mean, that's not that. I mean, that's that's sizable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's sizable based on how we remember that series, you know. And I'm telling you, we remember that series again. It's like it's it's another thing about injecting yourself back into 2009 before the series. You forgot how nervous everybody was. Like, yeah, it's easy to think, oh, yeah, they won by 50. That was easy, whatever, 58. No, everybody was nervous for these games because the Nuggets kept blowing it year after year. Um, go ahead. That's just, that's just the funny thing about like rewatching these, like in a, in a forensic way where you you remove emotion from it and you're just watching it like game film. You're like, Oh wow, that's really interesting. Oh, that's interesting. Whereas (laughs) at the time you have no idea what's going to happen. Like every basket that goes in, like, yeah, you know, I, I mean, and that's what I mean. Like where you like trying to remember like big blowouts in our favor. It's almost like a game like this where you take your foot off the gas. You like almost detach emotionally a little bit and it doesn't Mm. resonate. It doesn't feel as good as a bad lose, like a, a game that you get, your teeth kicked in. Oh, it's so bad. true. You know what I mean? Oh, it's so true. Yeah. The big blowout losses are really way worse than blowout. <laughs> way <like great>. worse. <laughs> um, there's a couple of other cool ones. In 2008, the Nuggets in the regular season beat the Seattle Supersonics with Kevin Durant, 168 to 116. <laughs> Think about that. It's a 52-point win. 168? With 168 points scored. What year was that? That's 2008 versus Kevin Durant. One of Kevin Durant's first games in the NBA. I thought it was like illegal to shoot three pointers back then too. How can you score 168 points? It was Iverson. I looked it up. It was Iverson. And actually, the crazy thing is, is I think nobody had 30 points. Like 
Iverson, Mello, Jr. All had all had like thirty. Um, <laughs> it's like a very balanced Nuggets attack. And then finally, here's my last Nuggets one for you: 1985 playoffs, 141-111 win over the Spurs. This is George Gervin's uh, Spurs. Zero three pointers made in that game. <laughs> no way. <laughs> they won by thirty points. No not, way. Not take or make a three pointer. Did they make ten point shots? <laughs> <laughs> Just beat them to death with with those ones. Um. So this isn't really a great fit for your segment, Adam. But I'm going to shoehorn it in there. Let's do it. it uh, in March of 1999, Georgia Tech beat Chicago State 50 to three in a baseball game. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of like what the equivalent of that is in other school. That's like winning by 200. Do you have that box score up? I can. Because I, I want to know how you get to 50. Like, are they just base hitting them to death? Or is that like a serious solo shot after yeah. solo shot? That's the same thing about like, with They're baseball. You can't bases. really hang it up either. Like, you can't dribble out the clock. Like, you got to yeah, swing true. at pitches. You know what I mean? I've got, I've got the best one. The best okay. Denver sports blowout of all time is the 1996 Stanley cup finals, the entire thing It's a <laughs> yeah. four game sweep for the abs. And if you want to get technical about the big, the biggest blowout and, you know, most consequential one, it's game two. They win eight to one against the Florida <laughs> Panthers. The Panthers kind of ran into a buzzsaw that year. Just had no idea what they were getting themselves into. And the abs eight just mowed them down. Which game was that? That was game two. So I'm looking at the Abs have a seven to zero win in um, what year is this? Oh, this is a, as the Quebec Nordiques. That doesn't count. So they have that eight to one. They have a six to zero win in '97, a seven zero win in '97, and a six zero win in '97. Playoff, all playoffs, three straight, three games with six zero or seven zero. That's so insane, man. I've got. I've got a real dark horse. I'm going to share my screen with you guys. We, we can put this on the, the feed for people at home. I, I think I've showed this to you before. Oh, I, hope, I think it cuts out. Well, we'll see. Okay. This is um, this is the score. Um, you'll see where the score. I get a picture of the scoreboard. The scoreboard, there's two minutes and 42 seconds left in period four. The score is 54 to two. Um, Jesus. I was on the side representing two. <laughs> this was my Were son. Were you playing in this game? No, my stepson Teo was playing this game. Oh. He, he was. Uh, this is Montbello versus Cole. Uh, oh, <laughs> that's wow. terrible. Yeah, that's rough. Is that yeah, one person named Cole? Uh, yeah, his yeah. <laughs> his name was Cole Jackson. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I've, that was a good. That was good times. I've got one more <laughs> shoehorn from the archives. In 1916, Cumberland shut down its football program right before they had a scheduled game with Georgia Tech. But Georgia Tech, who was allegedly embarrassed by Cumberland beating them in baseball 22-2 to the month prior, demanded they play the game anyway. They won 222-0. to <laughs> And that was the end of Cumberland football. That was wow. <laughs> football like every sport you lose big it's embarrassing there's no hiding it but football like imagine the linemen having to walk out there play after play after play just getting leveled to the ground and stomped on 220 my goodness how many touchdowns what? is that i don't do math adam i'm a blogger <laughs> so so one last share here i've got one more photo that i'll, I'll share also oh for, my for people great podcast so, content hey. well we'll share you can look at it after the fact we put it on with the post but anyway you can yeah. see that look at the matchup of the fives here the, yeah. is that the jump ball <laughs> that's the yeah. jump ball <laughs> this is like that video of zion williamson against yeah. that kid in high school. yeah yeah you'll you'll check check the feed you'll see this at home everybody all right i've got two more here okay um, one that's kind of underrated is the 2013 AFC championship game, Broncos Patriots. The Broncos ended up winning the game 26-16. Doesn't quite seem like a blowout, but they were up 23 to 3 in the fourth quarter. So mm. I'm calling that all right. a blowout. It's, all right. it's with, okay. With, I wouldn't call that. A, that one's okay. And then the, the other one <laughs> The other one is Super Bowl 33, which the Broncos won 34 to 19. Not yeah. total blowout, but it, it was Super a game. Bowl. That's yeah, a Super, Super Bowl. Bowl exactly. Um, so the Broncos, I actually have a couple here because I looked these all up on Football Reference, which is awesome. Their biggest wins, um, 38-3 against Miami in 1999, 42-17 against Jacksonville. That was the playoff one, I believe. Yeah, it is playoffs. 42-17, that was the revenge game in 97. Yeah. Um, so that one was big. And then they beat Houston in 88, 34-10. Um, and then if you open this up here to regular season games, isn't that what I had here? 
yeah, they do have, let me pull up their biggest one, a 43-point pass whooping. 46 to 43 is their biggest all-time win. That happened in 1976. Against who? The New York Jets. Um, more recently, 2018, I don't, do you remember this one against Arizona, 30, 45 to 10? Yeah, that's crazy. That was, uh, people were thinking that Vance Joseph was on the hot seat going into that game. Ooh. And well, they he just was. absolutely, yeah, well, he should have been. Um, <laughs> saved uh, his job. <laughs> yeah, they saved his job because I was supposed to go to uh, Lake Tahoe, I think, that weekend or something. And I had to cancel it because I was like, I, don't, I can't go. This is a Thursday night game. If they lose it, I'm going to be covering a coach firing all weekend. Should have gone to uh, Tahoe, bro. Oh, I should have gone. <laughs> so here's a playoff one, I believe. 2012 against Kansas City. the time City. of your life. 38-3 to against Kansas City in the playoffs. Which one was that? 2012. Let so that would have been the first Peyton Manning. Brady Quinn. Oh, wait. <laughs> Much ballyhooed Brady Quinn era. Yeah, Peyton, no. Peyton Manning versus Brady Quinn. Yeah, that's that was the matchup. Oh. Still can't believe Brady Quinn did. Who was there? Alex Smith probably got hurt or something. Was he their starter? Um, no, I, I don't. I don't know who the starter was. But actually, well, there's no way it was Brady, or it should have been Brady Quinn. Broncos were up 35 to three to enter the fourth. So that was, they ran out the clock in the fourth too. That's, that's an absolute murdering um, in the playoffs nonetheless. So don't remember no that one. Of any of this. None. I know. Isn't that crazy? That's a playoff game against the division rival. You think we would right. have remembered it. Like, all, of, right. all of these games, a lot of these games in the Peyton Manning era happened when I was in college. And I think I was just like hammered during the, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the last one is the Rockies and they don't, their best playoff blowout win is like five to two. So they're not like a <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> oh, five to two smash. But I don't know if you remember 2005 against the Padres 20 to one. Regular I definitely season. not remember that now. <laughs> Twenty awesome. to one. They also have a night. They have two nineteen to two wins. One in 2018, 19 to two against Arizona. Both both nineteen to two point <laughs> games uh, happened against Arizona. So can we claim like that the series against the Phillies, which was a sweep, that's a blowout, and then yeah, the, the consequential series after that uh, against the Diamondbacks was a sweep, that's a blowout. Total yeah. blowout. Every one of those a blowout. But you know what was not a blowout? The next round against the Red Sox. You, you be quiet, Adam. Happened, so you be quiet, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> not, a, not a blowout. Rockies were in every game. So. I thought that was a strike-shortened playoff. Yeah, right. <laughs> like this. Uh, yeah, that was a fun walk down memory lane. Um, do you have – I like Harrison's stories. Does anybody have their own personal blowout stories? That they, that, that yeah, they themselves we've administered? We've now, we've now heard Eric or just have received. <laughs> Either one is good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I made it to the, the finals of the eastern half of the united states tournament for high school frisbee national championships and we lost 13 to 3 in 30 minutes <laughs> that's wow. not good it should have taken two hours i know you don't have context for that but yeah, i, I will context i will was that a mercy rule type thing yeah in the finals and we like dominated to get to the finals have you ever been on a field with someone and you're like oh yeah we're not beating them. <laughs> uh, that's amazing we, we played <laughs> We played Air Force, you know, CC was D3 and Air Force obviously D1. And we showed up to the arena like three hours early, as you always do. And the stands were packed <laughs> like the cadets because they had nothing better to do. They're like trapped. <laughs> you can't leave. And they were all there. We walked out in like our sweats and they just started like booing you. <laughs> <laughs> I just came out here to say, I guess I'll go back in the locker room and <laughs> can't go anywhere. Um, that one, uh, that one we lost pretty bad. But we had one in high school my sophomore year where we started the game down 27 to zero. And I remember distinctly because in high school, you're very, you know, you get rattled easier and they went from being loud to talking trash to dead quiet all in the first quarter. Like everybody just got bored got bored, <laughs> and like the final first quarter buzzer sounds and like nobody even says anything. And it's like, man, this is really embarrassing. The crowd has mercy on us. My eighth grade football team involved like, six or seven future D1 athletes, uh, two future NFL players. So, like, we just blew out everyone um, <laughs> every See, game. Yeah, yeah so I, I was on a team, uh, a basketball team. It was a municipal, like, city team. And we had a coach that was, like, really uh, eager and, and wanted to inspire us. So she entered us into a tournament in <laughs> – in Greeley against like the junior nuggets or whatever. And we were down, <laughs> we were down by like 30 points in the first half. And we came to realize that if we stopped trying to score baskets and we only focused on 
getting them to foul us, we could <laughs> potentially swing the game because they only had uh, six players. We could swing the game if we would get James only Harden two right of here. the if we would get only two of them to foul out, and we win. We did it. We accomplished that. We did got. You, we you won. Got a wow. Our team won a game by negative thirty-five points. <laughs> Spectacular. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, the next series happened and it went like that, except for that we couldn't foul them out, so that we just lost by 35 or 40 <laughs> That's so funny. We did <coughs> AAU sports are like all like this though. Like most AAU games are blowouts. And it was the same in Colorado. There's not very many there especially twenty years ago when I was but twenty-five years ago. There, there wasn't that many good teams. So you would go up to like Castle Rock or, you know, Sedalia or something sometimes for these tournaments. And if you played, you know, the Denver schools, they'd be competitive. But if you played like, you know, Berthet or Loveland or something, they'd be horrible. And so like, <laughs> I would say at least 50% of those games were like 100 to 12. And it was just like, we just did it over and over and over again. <laughs> Parents hated you. Um, all right. This was fun, guys. Uh, this was a lot of fun. Thanks for tuning in tomorrow. Don't forget, George Carl, if you guys want, um, you know, to send me a question, I'll probably end up picking just one, two, maybe three, depending on, on what time permits, but um, send them, fire them off to me on the dnvr.com on the description of this podcast episode. If I see something in there that really piques my interest, I'll add it to the list. I'm really looking forward to it, guys. George Carl, you know, the, the, this Denver Nuggets team was my like coming of age. I was in college for all this run, so I've never actually gotten to sit one-on-one -on -one with George Carl. I'm looking forward to doing that tomorrow. You're not going to want to miss it. Make sure you tune in, set an alarm, and uh, let everybody know. We'll be back for that one. Thanks, everybody. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Can you just ask, ask George Carl what his favorite statues are? Just see how he answers <laughs> Just to calibrate him, just to get him yeah. loose. Should get George him, Carl him have a statue? Probably not. Ooh, <laughs> there you go. You mean like she, should he own a statue to put in his garden of like a, of a, of a oh, cherub? Come on, a young Elon. cherubic uh, Cherub boat. Harrison, get us out of here before we we tank the show. <laughs> I, I could go for a cup of this after an hour five minute podcast, but Strava Craft Coffee. Okay. Can we brew some up right now? <laughs> I think you Are you acting before. like an hour five minute podcast is long? Yeah, the yeah, Broncos guys, the Broncos <laughs> guys take pride in their gratuitously like, long right, Quarter one, baby, let's go. Yeah, that's a first <laughs> segment <laughs> for us. <laughs> that's long for us, especially after a 2009 playoff game. But um, <laughs> you guys can purchase StravaCraft coffee online for 20% off using the code DNVR20. You order it online, it ships right to you super fast. Right, D-line, like super. That's right, absolutely. Yeah. Day. That's right. I get it like in a day. Yeah, if you're if you have aches, pains, uh, IBS, and you crave rich, tasty coffee, your solution is only a day or two away if you put, uh, order it right now and use the code DNVR20. Of course, yeah. CBD is also <laughs> non-psychoactive. Order it up today. Purchase online for twenty percent off using the code DNVR20. 